Well, never do we look more like Christ than when we forgive those who've hurt us, those who've betrayed us, those who brought pain into our lives. There's a name I know that most of y'all probably do not know. His name's Brant John. He had a brother. His brother's name was Botham. They uh, both grew up in St. Lucius Island in the Caribbean. It must have been about 10 years ago when they came to the States. Botham is uh, someone who did very well in high school, (laughs) top of his class, and ended up going to Harding University in Arkansas where he did very well also. He came to find a really good church home. He had a wonderful voice, so he would sing many times uh, solos at his church, praising God and leading the praise team. His brother, Brant, also joined him there. Both of them did so well that out of college, he ended up getting an internship with Price Waterhouse. Um, He did that internship He succeeded so well there that he ended up getting a career there and was just moving up the corporate ladder. His mom said he worked too hard, but he definitely made an impact at that company. One day, he did do something strange. (laughs) He uh, got off early. There was a football game that he wanted to watch. And so he came home, sat down in front of the TV, grabbed a a bowl of ice cream and watch the game in a place that should be the safest place in your own home. A woman came into his house, shouted something, shot him two times and he died right there on the spot. Of course, you may recognize the story that the person who shot him was Amber Geiger, who was a police officer, who stated she was confused. She thought she was in her own apartment and it was his. The brother, Brant, was so very angry because she took his own brother, Botham's life. She went to trial. She was found guilty. And, uh, of course, they give, after the proceedings, the family time to speak about the impact of such an awful crime. Three times, Brant refused (laughs) politely to go and say anything. However, his grandmother took his hand and she said to him, Brant, think of Amber Geiger's soul. Hit him like a ton of bricks. 
He was a believer. He had followed Christ, but now he came to one of the most difficult, no, the most difficult decision he ever had to make in his life. He went on the stand, and I want to read to you his words. I can speak for myself. And he looked at Amberger, Amber, and he said, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. I love you just like anyone else, and I'm not going to say that I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I personally want the best for you. And I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because that's exactly what both of them would want you to do, and the best would be giving your life to Christ. He then asked the judge if he could hug Geiger. And then what could be described as the hug that was felt around the world. Brant went to Amber Geiger and embraced her. As they shared a very tight hug, the courtroom was largely quiet, except for the sounds of sobbing. Footage of that moment put dramatic in human light and what had already been a widely watched case. In fact, while this great act of forgiveness as love was happening outside, there were still shouts of no justice, no peace, and anger. But inside that courtroom was one of the most beautiful demonstrations of love this world has seen. Brand said his only desire is for his heartfelt word and then his actions that day to give glory to God and to lead others to forgive their enemies. He said, it's only through Christ that we can forgive as Christ forgives. If you are one of those, and I would say everybody here, every single one of us have been hurt, have been betrayed, have helped felt the sting of someone turning their back on us, doing something cruel. And our immediate desire is to get them back. How can I pay them back? How can I get them for what they have done to me? It's not fair, and believe me, they're going to pay and let me tell you, that is the way of the world. Absolutely the way of the world. In fact, those are, those are the movies we like to see, right? I mean, we like, we like the movies where the dirty Harry's pointing the gun and says, go ahead, make my day. Right? We don't, we're not really, you know, enthusiastic about going to see the movie where 
where clean Harry says, I forgive you, brother. Right? That don't sell tickets. What we like to see is where people get paid back for what they did wrong. It was here in our own state when a man named Dylan Ruth went and shot and killed nine people in a church. And let me tell you, this was during the height of the, of the racial divide that was going on at that time where there were protests and marches, and right during the middle of all this, a white young male goes into a black church and shoots and kills nine people. Listen to what just one person I'll share with you. Many from that church gave testimonies like this, said things like this. The daughter of Ethel Lance fought through the tears during this trial thing, fought through the tears to speak directly to Dylan. This is what she said. You took something very precious away from me. And I will never talk to her ever again. I will never be able to hold her again. And then she looked at him and said, but... I forgive you. But I forgive you. Did anyone ever notice the difference in the aftermath of that in Charleston and some of the other cities where anger and vengeance raged through the communities and places were burned to the ground? What was the difference? The difference is the forgiveness and love shown through a person. The forgiveness and love of Jesus Christ shown through a person who was hurt. What a difference it makes. But let me tell you something. I have seen the same thing happen with marriages. Where the other person, there was no way there was going to be forgiveness this time around. And marriages have been burned down. Families have been destroyed. Churches have been destroyed because of a simple lack of something called forgiveness. But listen to me. This is the truth. You look more like Jesus Christ than you when you forgive those who hurt you than almost any other time. Because it is so opposite from what the world tells you to do. The world tells you, get them back and get them back harder. Make them pay. And everything we see, almost all the movies we see, gear us towards that thing. But Jesus says to forgive them. How many of y'all have seen The Princess Bride? Many of y'all? There's a few of you. It is like... The most, it's a classic. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it, right? It is a classic. It is one of the most quoted movies on earth. Um, the guy's name, what is it, Igo Montoya? Yeah, yeah, Igo Montoya. Inigo, Inigo Montoya, right? And uh, 
And y'all can probably finish the line for me. He had, he had someone, a man in this movie had killed his father. And he had been on a long search for revenge. And he had practiced this. And he was, that moment he was able to say it, he says, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Oh, don't you just love that? I mean, that's what gets it. We say, oh, yes, 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 yes. Get him. That's what we want. But the spirit of Christ is so different from that. But let me, let me just warn you that uh, what I'm talking about, it's not easy. Right now, if, if you're hurting, right now, if you've been betrayed, you're dealing with something, you may be getting a little mad at me right now. What do you mean, forgive them? You don't even have any idea what they've done to me. Forgive them? Forgiveness, can I tell you something, is not for wimps. Of course, that's what Jesus told us to do. In fact, Jesus cried out from the cross, didn't he? What did he say? My father, forgive them for they know not what they do. From the cross, while he was dying, with one of the last breaths that he had in his lungs, he cried out, Father, forgive them. But he'd already taught his disciples about that long before, about forgiving. In fact, when he was teaching them to pray, he made this a part of something we call the Lord's Prayer. In fact, why don't we say that? I got the uh, King James Version coming up here. That's the one we all memorize, right? We don't know any other. So, uh, but let's go ahead. Let's just say this together. You ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Stop right there. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It seems like this is pretty important to God, right? I mean, that this thing with forgiveness, I mean, it's right there in the Lord's Prayer. He's teaching us how to pray. And one of the things he teaches us to do in that prayer is to forgive those who are indebted to us, to forgive those who hurt us. In Luke eleven four, 4, it says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. We ask God to forgive us as we forgive others. In fact, the verse, it's kind of a, this is our family. This is our family. This would be a good family. If you don't have a family verse, this would be a good one. All right, but this is one that, for my family, that, uh, that we all need. It says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. We are to forgive just as God has forgiven us. Well, what does it mean to forgive? Does it seem, mean to simply act like nothing ever happened at all? That don't seem right, does it? Does it mean to wait? I'll forgive you when certain conditions are met. Is that what it means? That don't sound right either, does it? Well, let's look at what it means actually to forgive. And I think it might help if I first kind of describe what forgiveness does not mean, 
All right? So let's start there. What does to forgive someone not mean? And the first thing I would say is it doesn't mean that you wait till you feel like it. In other words, you have to feel it. Some people have this, this thing that, well, if I forgive them and I don't feel like it, I'm just being a hypocrite. No. No, you're to forgive them whether you feel like it or not. Can I say that many times when we obey the Lord Jesus Christ in anything, we may not feel like it, and sometimes the feelings come much longer after. But we don't wait for the feelings. We obey because we love Jesus. We obey immediately. We don't wait. And so we do not wait. To forgive does not mean you wait for the feelings. But it also doesn't mean to forget. Have many of you heard the expression, forgive and forget? Forgive and forget. Y'all heard that? Forgive and forget. Man, I would feel like such a measly, weak Christian if I had to try to forget. And I'm forgetful. Hear me. I forget most of the stuff that's ever happened to me. But there's some things I can't forget. They've gone so deep. They've been so hurtful. I'd want to forget them. Believe me, if I could do a, you know, a partial lobotomy, I would do it. But to forgive doesn't mean to forget. But people say, well, look, hey, the Bible says, the Bible says God forgets your sins. And that's what they'll use. They'll say, you need to forget, especially the offended part. They'll say, hey, you need to forget because God forgets. And they'll go to Hebrews 8, 12. It says, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. This is a hard word for me to say. It's going to be harder for you to understand. It's the word anthropomorphism. Yeah. If you've not asked me to spell that. Anthropomorphism. That is simply where we give human characteristics to God, who's not human, give human characteristics to God to help us to understand. So the human characteristic here was that he doesn't remember our sins. What it means there is that he treats us as if he has forgotten our sins, as if they are, like, they're completely gone out of his mind. Now, does God forget anything? No. I mean, come on. The sin of David and Bathsheba. I mean, if God forgot, all you have to do is read his word, and there it is, right? He doesn't forget. I mean, it was it Genesis um, 8.1, it says this, but God remembered Noah and the, all the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat. Now, it's not like God was playing Parcheesi with Gabriel. They said, oh my goodness, where is Noah? Where did we leave him? I remember, let's go find him and save him. No. But it looks like that. You know, if you've been 40 days in the rain and everything coming down, you're floating on the water, there's no land, you might be thinking, does God forget me? No. But it was as if God remembered him. The point I want to make here is don't beat yourself up. Because you can't forget. Doesn't mean you don't forgive, but forgiving is not the same as forgetting. Now, sometimes we will forget. I hope you do. I've had the glorious privilege of forgetting a lot of things. You have may have done something wrong to me, and God bless it, I've forgotten it. Praise God, right? <laughs> now, uh, here's the thing is that, but sometimes it doesn't. We don't forget. Because the hurt's so bad. It doesn't mean there are no consequences. Um, when someone does something wrong, there are consequences. In fact, 
uh, in this story I was just telling you about, Amber Geiger, you know, after Brant had hugged Amber, actually the judge came down uh, from, you know, her seat, came down and went to the mom who had lost her son and hugged her, right? Then went to Amber herself. The judge went to her and gave her a Bible. And then the judge went back to her seat and gave her 10 years. And they said, well, wait a minute, that doesn't correlate. Hey, look, there are consequences. The government's job is not to forgive. The government's job is to dispense justice. There were consequences for what she did. And there are, so to forgive does not mean there are no consequences. Also, to forgive does not mean forgiveness is complete. Now, I know that one may confuse you just a little bit. But the reason I'm pointing this out is someone says, do you mean I have to forgive them even if they don't say I'm sorry? Well, yeah, you have to forgive them even if they don't say I'm sorry. You have to forgive them. Does that mean they're forgiven? No. Forgiveness takes two. It's, we're to forgive like God forgives, right? Isn't that what it says? Isn't that what we just read? That we are to forgive just like God forgives. Does God forgive everybody of everything? Oh, we're getting to deep theology, aren't we? Like, I don't know. I'm afraid to answer that one. Does God forgive everybody of everything? If you say yes, then I want to say, why do some people go to hell? Let me rephrase the question. Does God offer free forgiveness to everybody of everything? Yes. But some people will reject Christ and reject his forgiveness, and they will not experience forgiveness. But has God forgiven them? Yes. John the Baptist introduces Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is willing to take everyone's sins completely away. But they have to receive that. In fact, in 2 Peter 3 9, it says, He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Right? To turn from their sins and turn to him. In Acts 20, he says, I have one message for Jews and Greeks alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And then finally, one, the very popular verse that we all know. It says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness so forgiveness does not mean to forgive does not mean forgiveness is complete but forgiveness to forgive someone does not mean reconciliation either now I want you to understand when you forgive someone what is the goal the goal is reconciliation but again just like we talked about with forgiveness reconciliation takes two people now the Bible says that as far as possible with you as far as it's possible with you be at peace with all men and that would include forgiving them but it does not necessarily include reconciliation y'all have heard of um, 
I'm sure you have heard of Louis Zamperini. Y'all, y'all have heard that? The movie Unbroken? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, that dude was Louis Zamperini. He got caught, I'll just make it quick, got caught by the Japanese, put into a POW camp where he was tortured for, yeah, and hard work. And for two years, there was this guy called The Bird who was like the commander of the POW camp. Who His goal was just to break Louis, break him. And he did all these things to try to break that man. And at the end of two years, he was unbroken. However, I don't know that was the exact perfect title for the movie. I think the better title for this movie would have been Broken and Healed. Because after he left that POW camp, he was a broken man. And it wasn't the bird who broke him. No, it was his anger and his hatred and his vengeance In his own testimony, he talks about every night he went to bed, he had nightmares about those Japanese guards, and especially the bird. Not one night did he go to bed, did he go to sleep without a nightmare about them. In fact, one was so horrible that he he had the, the nightmare that he was choking the bird, had him by the neck and was choking the life out of him when he woke up and his hands were around the neck of his wife. Of course, he, he let go immediately, but she, you know, that will wake you up. And she's like, I'm getting divorced. I can't take this anymore. You see, he had started drinking to try to relieve the pain that he was feeling, the anger, that, the bitterness that had gone deep down inside of him. And he became an alcoholic, and it became a daily routine of drinking and going to sleep and nightmares and drinking and going to sleep and nightmares. And his life was broken. But one day, a friend invited his wife, believe it or not, to a Billy Graham crusade. (laughs) And she got gloriously saved. She came back, told Lewis, look, I don't want a divorce. I don't want to divorce you. But come with me to the, to the crusade. Now, he did not want to go. In fact, his first response was, no way. But he was touched by the fact that after choking her, she decided not to divorce him. <laughs> and so he went. It was at that Graham, Billy Graham crusade that Lewis gave his life to Jesus Christ. He would tell you that was the first night he went to bed and did not have a nightmare. But even beyond that, Lewis flew back to Japan, found as many of those guards as he could find to go to them face to face and tell them, I forgive you. I forgive you. Many of them, he also shared the gospel, and many of them received Christ. And there was a beautiful reconciliation. But hear this. The bird refused to see him would not allow him to come and visit him. And so while Lewis had forgiveness for him, there was no reconciliation because the bird wouldn't have him. That's, that's the way it is. As far as it's possible, we live at peace with all men. But even as we forgive, we know to forgive does not mean necessarily reconciliation. But hear me, the goal of forgiveness is to be reconciled. That's the goal. So... Uh, and then finally, I would say forgiveness or, does not mean trust. And, and let me just say, when you forgive someone who's hurt you and they've betrayed you, you are to forgive them. But then, 
trust needs to be built back. Does that make sense? I'm, I have... Uh, I have seen in, in like marriage counseling especially where there's been a betrayal, there's been adultery or something like that has happened. And, and, and the one who committed the adultery gets a little offended because the innocent party wants to see their texts or, or see their computer or wants to know where they are at certain times of the day, right? Wants to know where they are. And they're like, oh, oh, didn't you forgive me? And the answer is Yes. Do I trust you? That's going to have to be built back up. Does that make sense? So for you who have been hurt, to forgive does not mean to trust. But again, the goal is what? Trust and reconciliation. But they have to be built. And then finally, I want to say one other thing about what to forgive does not mean. To forgive does not mean fair. Does not mean fair. That's one of the hardest things for us. It's not fair, man, that they can do that and get away with it, that I can be so hurt and they get away with that and I'm to forgive them. It's not fair. And many people will live on in bitterness and anger and hurt and carry that bitterness all their life because it's not fair to forgive them. But let me make this clear to you. You do not want fair in your life. Fair sends us to a place called hell, separated from God forever. I thank God he's not fair. He's just, but he is not fair. He is gracious. And because he is gracious, I can be forgiven for everything that I've done to him. So what does it mean to forgive? There's a number of places I could go to. Let me just read this one passage of scripture in Romans. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. What, is it, what does it look like to, to forgive? Well, let me just go through that quickly with you. First of all, never pay back evil with more evil. Okay, we've already talked about that. You know, I'm, I'm going to get you back ten times harder than you got me. No. That's, he said, don't do that. All right? Don't do that. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. That word honorable, some of your Bibles will say do what is right. Um, it means beautiful, useful, suitable, noble. And here you're really talking about do that which is right. Boundaries. Have boundaries, right, that, that lead to reconciliation. Do that what is honorable. You don't just go right into immediately forgiveness and then complete trust and reconciliation. But you do what is right in that situation. And then it says do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. You never, you personally never want to be the one that is the blockage to peace. There could be peace, but there could be reconciliation. But no, I'm blocking that. I don't want that. No. And then that next passage, so important. Dear friends, never take revenge. And, and I want you to just maybe underline or note this part. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. 
Hey, look, <clears throat> you may be brilliant, all right, maybe, but you're not as brilliant as God. You may know a lot about the situation where you were hurt. You don't know as much as God. He knows the whole thing. He knows the thing from the beginning, from the birth of that person to where they are now. He knows the whole picture. And do you think it would better to leave that situation, the justice, the vengeance, all that, leave that to God and let him do with it instead of you? Don't you think he'd do a better job? And here's the thing, because you love him, know him, and trust him, you can do that. You can leave it with him because you know him. He's a good, good God. You know that God will do what is right. He will do better than you will do. So you can leave it with, so to forgive means you leave that vengeance and that revenge with God. And then here's the kicker. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. In other words, conviction will come upon them as you show them love, as you show them grace, which they don't deserve, which they don't understand. Conviction will come upon them. Jesus was the best example of that. You remember in John 13 where Jesus put that towel around them and he bent down? You remember when he washed the disciples' feet? Y'all remember that? Beautiful picture. But what you may or may not know is a pair of those feet that he washed were Judas Iscariot's feet. The one he knew would betray him. But till the end, Jesus was showing love to him. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells those listening to him, if a soldier tells you to carry their, their backpack for a mile, how long should you carry it? Two miles, right? These were the enemy he was talking about, the Romans. Those were the only soldiers around. Jews weren't allowed soldiers. <laughs> the enemy who overtook your country, who runs it now. If one of them asks you, carry my pack for a mile, carry it two miles. To love your enemies. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. I've given you examples, some extraordinary examples of forgiveness. But I've seen it in our own church. I've seen both sides in our own church. Believe it or not, I've seen the funeral of a, of a mom, of a dad, that the children did not even attend. Why? Bitterness had so sunk in. They didn't even attend the funeral. But then I've also seen a woman here at Northside. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. Raised by a mom who prostituted herself so she could have drugs, which just led to all sorts of sexual assault in her life. There were no safe places for this, this girl ever growing up. No safe places. You can imagine the anger and the bitterness and the resentment and the hurt and the pain that went down to the very depths of her soul that she lived and struggled with this. But then someone introduced her to Jesus Christ. 
and she gave her life completely. And then over the years, she learned how to forgive. She's forgiven her mom. She's forgiven her dad. She's forgiven every single person who hurt her. And you say, how can she do that? It's because of Jesus Christ in her life. That's the only way. And if you saw her right now, you would say, oh, my goodness, her? She's got so much joy in her life. The power of Christ. Now, let me give you a couple of things. If you forgive someone, you have to stay in a constant attitude of forgiveness. Why? Because things are going to happen to you, aren't they? Triggers. You know what I mean? If you've been hurt, you say, I forgive you. You thought, oh, I'm making progress. I'm going to... Then, boom, something happens. And it's like, oh. You feel those feelings again. The pain comes back, right? Has anyone experienced that? I know I have. All of a sudden, go, it's like, oh, I thought I forgave him. Well, you just have to remind yourself. <laughs> I forgave them. I forgave them. Lord, help me. So it's, it's, it's not a one-time thing, but a constant, a constant attitude of forgiveness. But how do you forgive when you don't feel like it? Because it would be so much easier if we just felt like it, you know, and then we could do it. But how do you forgive when you don't feel like it? Well, the only thing I can tell you, and there's, I mean, there could be a whole sermon just preached on this on its own, but I would tell you just meditate on the cross. Go to the Gospels, read the Gospels of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and realize that he did that for you. In other words, it was you who put him on that cross. It was your sins. Man, you did that. I did that. If we were the only people alive on planet earth, he would have done that for you. Your sins would have crucified him. Your sins would have put him on the cross. He did that for you. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. It was not the Romans, right, who crucified Jesus. It was not the Jews who crucified Jesus. What crucified Jesus? It was his love for you. At any moment, he could have come down from that cross. But he stayed there. Why? Because he loved you and he wanted to give you forgiveness. And when you realize that and you meditate on that, believe me, that will help you to forgive others even when you don't feel like it. Some of you have never known the depth of love or that breadth of forgiveness. It's always been there for you. For whatever, you've been distracted and you haven't had time to think about it. You've never had time to really sit down and ponder Jesus' love for you, that love that he displayed on the cross. But you're here today. You are here today for a reason. And maybe it is to experience that forgiveness. So what I'd like to do is, if everyone would just close, close your eyes and, and bow your head. I don't want anyone to look around, but maybe it's you who said, I I really don't know, Jesus, I've really not experienced the type of forgiveness that you're talking about, but you'd like to this morning, then pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. And at this very moment, right now, I'm turning from those sins. I'm repenting. And I'm turning completely to Jesus Christ, and I ask you to forgive me and save my soul. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.